This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dear home, we need a change. A room evolution. We need HomeSense. A new store where one bold piece can change your whole place. Like a leather sofa built for beauty and binge watching. With endless discoveries, I'll always bring you something pretty or cool or pretty cool. Want a hand-woven rug? Game-changing savings mean the answer is yes. I'm going now. The new store is in Franconia at Manchester Boulevard and Beulah Street. Love you. HomeSense. This changes everything. Welcome, everybody, to the I'm Fat Podcast. Uh, uh, snacks are uh, best saved for later. With Jay Zawoski. That man ate all our shrimp and two plastic lobsters. And Rick Camp. Out the mist came a beast more stomach than man. Welcome into another edition of the I'm Fat Podcast. I am Rick Camp, alongside fellow fat Jay Zawoski. Jay, you've had a busy fortnight in fat, so oh no doubt we got a lot to get to today. Yes, we really do. It's a good time for fat people because the weather is getting colder and the food is getting heartier, and uh, I'm just very happy to be fat in fall. It's the it- name of my calendar. is it just like a bunch of people wearing like a lot of layers but their skin like they're still popping out yeah the belly hanging out on the bottom yeah Uh, i found myself in that position dinner night like just really slouched on my couch and just Mm -hmm. like uh, sweatshirt on with like belly button and below exposed and just my wife coming in the room and looking at me and just i'm never touching you again kind of a face until she does hopefully hopefully in theory that's a good word for it Hopefully Hopefully is a good word for it. Yeah. All right. So you've had a few food experiences in this past, what, week and a half since we've done another, since we've done one of these. Yeah. So you went to Popeye's again. I did. I assume the chicken sandwich was part of your experience. It would, uh, two of them were just because you want to make sure the first one's not a fluke. Yeah. So I went to the one on Kedzie and I think that's Chicago Heights probably. Maybe, I don't know, country club, it doesn't matter. Uh, and the drive-thru was super long, so I'm like, you know what? I'm actually just going to go in yeah. to Popeye's and, and get my order there. And I like to see what everybody orders. Everybody's got different stuff. And one lady came in, she just ordered Cajun rice with gravy on it. That's all she wanted. Really? Everyone at Popeye's has like a really unique and almost like uh, an order that only they would get. <laughs> what day What day of the week did you go? Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So, interesting. Okay. Because I was like, if it's Tuesday, you get a lot of people doing the two-piece Tuesday. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's... been like, that's been a staple. Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right. So, I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich again. Still good? So, the first time we had it, we did a podcast about it. That was like right when it launched. You and I got lucky. We tasted it right before it really took off. Yes. Like, we had it the day people started like kind of talking about it, and we're like, well, let's go get lunch. Yeah. And had it, and it was really good. Happy to report it's just as good. The new iteration, I don't think it's new. I think it's finally got enough. Delicious, perfect. Both of them were great. And I think I had two and a drink for like eight bucks. That's the joy of Popeyes. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so, so good. But then that leads me to our friends at Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe. 
Fantastic. They've created their own Cajun buttermilk chicken sandwich. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. So on their Facebook page, you can see they've got the Popeye sandwich and their sandwich side by side. And theirs has a significant height advantage. Okay. The chicken patty looks way bigger. Nice. It looks phenomenal. And I talked to Lisa, who's the manager at Chuck's, and she's going to bring some by for us in the near future. Yeah. We're getting Chuck's. Yes. Here. Yes. And I hope she brings just sandwiches for me and you. Oh, and not food for everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> that yeah, that's so easy. yeah, so we can be elitist. Yeah, like oh well, you know, we know the people. We're we're friends with the oh, uh, with the management God. staff we're at get Chuck's. Chuck's here. Let's go. Yeah, I can't wait. So she was actually going to bring it Monday, but I'm off next week because I have to use my vacation. I failed to take the rest of the year. Yeah, I've got like 19 days off for the rest the of the calendar. Last month year. and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'll like never be here. But uh, I'll be writing the book I've been putting off for six months. Nice. That'll be fun. So, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to try the Cajun buttermilk chicken sandwich at Chuck's. Again, we have no sponsors. Right. We just have friends that make us food, and Chuck's would very much qualify on that list. I cannot wait to try it. But the Popeye's one, it's going to be tough to beat. I have a lot of faith in Chuck. Everything I've had that Chuck has made has been phenomenal. But this chicken sandwich, I loved the Wendy's. The Wendy's pales. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a, I was a Wendy Stan. Yeah, this is so much better. Yeah, I mean, Just, I I trust Chuck. I trust his buttermilk. Yes, I trust his chicken. Mm-hmm. I trust his sandwiches. Yeah, but Popeyes has set a high bar. It is a very high bar, and even like you don't even have to qualify it as like well for fast food. No, no, it is it's, a, it's just a good sandwich. It is, and it's a huge piece of chicken. Yes, um, so worth every penny. So good luck, Chuck. I think you can do it. If anyone can do it, it's Chuck. That's very true. But. It's, it's going to be tough. I cannot wait to have a genuine side-by-side taste test of Popeye's and Chuck's. I do predict Chuck's will win yeah. just because of freshness, and he'll probably spice up the batter a little bit. And mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's the, the Popeye sandwich is legit, probably the best fast food item you can buy. To find out how all this goes, of course we'll talk about it on our next pod, but also follow us on Twitter at I'm Fat Pod. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and tell a friend. We're always looking for more normies and more fats to listen. Obviously, you know, more fats is generally preferred, but we like telling normies what it's like for us in fat culture. Yeah, they need to understand and and see what they're missing. Yeah. So the next thing that I know you mentioned that you wanted to talk about is something that we've we've spoken a lot about, an item that we've spoken a lot about on this show in terms of all the many iterations it's taken, but you found a good version of Oreo? Oh, yeah. Like another, I should say. I just yeah, Oreos are great, but I saw I'm a big fan of the Cadbury cream egg and Oreo. I guess it's out now. I looked online and and Walmart has it, the Oreo chocolate candy egg with cream and cookie. So this is an egg. You break it open, yeah, and it's filled with. I hope it's Oreo cream. Yeah. I would imagine maybe it's a different consistency. Maybe it's a little bit thinner. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, yeah, it would almost have to be to work. Yeah, like more viscousy, which is a gro- gross word, but what I need to describe it. Yeah, and 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 in the cream are little chunks of Oreo cookie. Okay, so it's a hard chocolate candy shell filled with cream and broken Oreos. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah, that looks amazing. So, are you a if you had to only have one, the traditional Cadbury cream egg? Traditional. Over the caramel? Yes, no question. Ooh, I disagree. There's a lot of, the reason why is because there's a lot of caramel options in candy. You can find caramel stuff all the time. True. But the cream egg is a unique flavor, a unique taste, and it, again, it's seasonal. I can go get a, car, a caramel egg anywhere, any time of year. 
Yeah. But the Cadbury cream egg is is an Easter time only sort of a thing, and I love it. For me, it's I think it's a little much. You know, like it's a little too rich. Okay. I know. That's fine. But Jesus. I'm all right. Well, what is going on with this? Awkward. You know, yeah, I think just, we just had just, our first fight. I think, yeah, I think we did. <laughs> Except we're recording, so we can't have the time where we both just sit on the couch and yeah. just turn away from each other. Mm-hmm. No, I've turned <laughs> away. I'm looking at the radio.com sports. Yeah, but backdrop. we can't have like the time where we just like go zone out on our phones for a half hour yeah. before we cool down yeah. and then, you know, right. just talk it out. We'll get through it. All right, screw you. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. It got really cold here in the Chicagoland area Indeed. this past week. Like, we're talking sub-zero real field temperatures. Sub-zero wins. Sorry. I miss Mortal Kombat. Fatality. A thing that fats have to deal with a lot, and I feel like normies do too, just not to the extent of fats. Right. The effects of layering. Mm-hmm. Because you have to wear layers when it gets incredibly cold. Like, for me, to wear more than, like, today. Today is, it was, like, in the 20s when I left my house. Real feel in the high teens, and then when I leave work today, it's gonna be almost forty. So it's a little, a, little yeah. problematic in terms of how to dress. So I just wore my regular T-shirt with my winter coat on top of it, and I was fine. But when it was sub-zero temperatures, I had a T-shirt, I had my hoodie, and I had my winter coat plus gloves and all that stuff. But when you walk inside, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's a race against time because then you have to take a layer off. You have to take off gloves and hat or whatever else you're wearing because then you just start sweating so much. There comes a time in the winter, though, like last year during the polar vortex, I didn't even like I kept my long underwear on all day mm-hmm. in work. I had thick socks on long underwear. I wore a, a wool cap inside. That was just ridiculous. And somehow, even being indoors where it's warm, you still like felt the chill. Yeah. And I was able to. I've become a, a fan of like long underwear style, like the waffle knit, like sort of fleece long underwear. Sure. I can wear that indoors without getting overly hot. I don't know how, hmm. but for some reason it's working for me. I'm not doing it now. Like a 30 degree right. day, I just wear a hoodie and put a coat over it. Sure. And like yesterday, for example, it was like probably 35 leaving work. Yeah. So I just put my coat in my backpack and walked around in my hoodie, but mm-hmm. uh, it is it is a challenge because for me, the thing I hate the most is feeling constricted. Like, yes. I don't like the feel of, like, a lot of stuff grabbing onto me, and too big of a coat can be too okay. snug. I, I have something to confess. Okay. Now, mind you, th- my winter coat, my pea coat, is a little older mm-hmm. now because I got it used. It's starting to get some of those rips in the logical seams. Oh, yeah. But it still, like, fits fine. But it's like if I hunch over at all and really, you know, like with shoulders and everything, that's where it really becomes an issue for me. Yeah. Well, that's a problem for all guys shaped like you and me is we're not like big gelatinous blobs. We have muscle under our fat. So we have big shoulders. Yep. And I feel like every coat I try on is like going to rip in the shoulders. Yes. More than anything, like I I was in a wedding a few years ago, and I appreciated the fact that instead of having us rent a tux for basically the same price, the groom just had us go to, I think it was like pennies or something, and buy a suit. Mm. We just all got the same suit, but I had to get the suit so huge just so it would fit my shoulders, and of course I didn't think about getting it tailored until it was too late, so I I look like a moron when I wear it, even more than normal. So it was just not good. So like that coat dealing with that now for me, I mean, it's been a great coat. I've had the thing for probably at least five years. I love the thing. Well, now they have this thing. I think Target has it. They call it like athletic cut. 
where yeah. it is almost like a, a inverted triangle sort of a yeah, shape. Yeah, but then the problem is it goes in. Yeah. I, I need it to more just like... I don't know. How, how do we sell... We need like a, a clothing designer or a tailor to chime in on how do we fix this problem? How do we have enough room in the shoulders where mm-hmm. we can put our arms up and not tear the shirt, but also yeah. not have it like either... The big problem for me is like every suit shirt I have because of my neck yep. and because of my shoulders, the body of the shirt is like a parachute. Yeah. And I have to like literally tuck it in beyond my testicle area because the shirt is so long. You could say balls. It's it, okay. It's like the, the shirt's almost touching my knees Oh wow! in the pants because like I just have to get wide enough in the shoulders and neck. So and your dress built, shirt's a sundress. Basically, it's like a muumuu. Yeah. It's built for a guy, because <laughs> they figure someone with the size neck and shoulders I have right. would be like a, a giant, tall yeah. dude. No, I'm just a little fire plug. <laughs> the, like, the shirts are enormous on me. So it's either that or I go by the athletic cut and I just keep the top button undone and just kind of mm-hmm. hide it with the, you know, with the tied tie. Yeah, see, and I'm, then deal with the tightness around the gut. Yeah, the tightness around the gut. I'm trying to think of which one makes me more self conscious: the tightness around the gut or the tightness around the man boobs. Mm. I but, don't really think about the man boobs thing. Maybe I should more. I I think about that probably more because I think for me, I'm like anybody that's considered fat has gut. Yes. Correct. Where not every fat person has to deal with the man boobs. Okay, that's fair. Uh, a majority probably do, but especially not to the extent probably that I do. So, yeah, that's something that I t- tend to think about. But, yeah, it's always that race against time to, like, take your take your layers off when you're talking about dress clothes or regular. That's part of the reason I don't like wearing dress clothes is because you have to wear the undershirt, then yeah. your dress shirt, and I'm just not a layering person in general. So when I go from the train station at Ogilvy outside – that's a fine transition, whatever. But then it's when I go inside uh, the pedway at block 37. That's a jolt. And then when I get closer into our building, it gets even warmer. Yeah. So it's just problematic. So that by the time I'm going up the I'm going up the uh, escalator, I'm taking off my winter coat and it's, I'm holding it while just wearing my T-shirt and people are looking at me like I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to be pouring sweat all over those same people either. Exactly. So you're being thoughtful. Exactly. In reality, that's a thoughtful gesture by you. Yes. Yeah, that, you're right with the dress clothes. Like I just, it's the combination of too many things on at once. Yep. The uncomfortableness of not of it not fitting correctly, mm-hmm. and it being tight. Like wearing a tie around for a big guy, wearing a tie is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not good. The shoulders are like we said are always too tight. It's just not a comfortable thing to wear. And I'd much rather be in the position men are in than women because I sure it's horrible for women. But I don't know. Getting dressed up to me is the worst. I hate it. Like, if we go to a wedding, and then there's, like, time between wedding mm-hmm. and uh, dinner, yeah, I'll, like, take the entire thing off. Oh, see, I don't know if I'll do that, just because once I'm in the clothes, I don't want to have to get dressed again. Yeah, I'm going to dry off, though. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I want to know your tales of layering or tales of having to deal with dress clothes, so tweet us at I'm Fat Pod or find either of us on Facebook. I know a lot of our listeners uh, submit their Ask a Fat questions, which we'll get to in just a few minutes on Facebook, so feel free to do that. But you made a discovery that I had no idea existed. Yes. And this is is one of those hashtag big if true things. Oh, it's true, and now I lost the image, but Portillo's has announced... That, you know, because carbs are a bad thing, apparently. Fake news. They're tr- they're releasing Portillo's Bowls. They've got three. 
the Italiano, the Chicago Combo, and the Classic Beef. Ooh. The Italiano, now this is, they're showing them in white ceramic bowls. Okay. I don't know if they actually serve them that way. Probably the not. The Italiano has Italian beef. Good. A meatball. Good. Marinara sauce. Good. Mozzarella cheese. Good. And sweet or hot peppers. Good. Okay. The Chicago mm-hmm. is Italian beef, mm-hmm. Italian sausage, mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese, yeah. and sweeter hot peppers. Yes. And the classic beef is Italian beef, mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese, yeah. and sweeter hot peppers. Those are all good things. I, I would go for the Italiano because- In a bowl. You're getting a big old meatball yeah. in there that along really with your clutch. beef and peppers. I'm going to say, I'll have the Italiano bowl, and can I please have a piece of bread? Yeah, just just defeat the purpose altogether. That's why I love people that go to Chipotle. I've never done this, but you go to Chipotle Mm -hmm. and you order a bowl, but you're like, put a burrito shell in it. Yeah. And then they fill the bowl and the shell and people just like have their own burrito that way. I think, I wonder if you get more. I'll bet you get more that way. It's a hack I haven't tried yet. Interesting. My new hack is I just go half and half with meat. I do half chicken, half steak, and that way right. I get so like you end up getting like three quarters of a portion of both instead of like half. exactly. Yes, yep. That, There's definitely more meat when you do it that way. That's a good way to do it. That's yeah. smart. All right, let's get to our ask a fact questions, which we have a solid amount of. All right, let's do it. Ask a fat about this and that. It's time to chat with the fats. So my first ask a fact question comes from. My wife, on the topic of Portillo's bowls, she's the one that sent me this, and thank you. That's why I love her so much. She said, what kind of Portillo's bowls would you make? She says, mine would have cheese fries inside of it. Now, you have to know my wife orders, her Portillo's order is she gets hot dogs Mm -hmm. with onion and seasoning, and then she orders a cheese fry, and she covers the hot dog. She, like, stuffs cheese fries into the hot dog. Okay. So she eats the hot dog with fries on it. Interesting. That's her order, and I, that, I like and my daughter style. has adopted that. Okay, sans onions because she's a child and doesn't like onions. Right. Um. But yeah, that's that's Hope's order of Portillos. Uh, you know what? I'm having trouble. I think what I would do because one item at Portillos that's extremely underrated, mm-hmm. and some people don't even know. You're smiling. Like you know I what know, I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. The tamales exactly at Portillos are yes. excellent, and you've had the traditional. Hot dog joint, like Tom Tom Tamale. Right. And those are good, too. But the one of Portillo's is probably like 60% bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And it's meatier. It's got a really nice, the the corn element of the tamale is much more, um, I don't know, I guess moist would be the word. Yeah. Like sometimes the Tom Toms can get a little dried out, like a little mealy. Yeah. This is this tamale at Portillo's. It's not authentic. No. It's not a husk tamale. No. But as far as hot dog joint tamales go, Portillo's is the best. So I'd probably implement a tamale into the Chicago combo. So that would be Italian beef, Italian sausage, mozzarella, sweet peppers, and a tamale jammed in there. That's, that's what I would do for the full, for me, yeah. that's the full Portillo's experience. See, okay, we're, we're along the same lines. Oh, and a slice of chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> I would almost, in my bowl, I would almost want to mock the traditional salad. Just mock it. Okay. So instead of lettuce, you have Italian beef. That's <laughs> okay. So you're, the, the Italian beef is the roughage. Yeah. The, yeah Italian beef is the roughage. <laughs> for croutons, I would put, for probably your your crouton, your radish, your, I don't know, carrot maybe. Some people put those types of things in salads. You're asking the wrong guy, Rick. I know. <laughs> I would use, it's actually fairly similar to yours, I would use the tamale, just kind of like chop it up. Yeah, cube it. Yeah, like cube it, along with, same thing, Italian sausage, copy-paste jumbo dog. <laughs> so then 
on the outside so that it doesn't affect something like the tamale where, you know, getting it too moist could yeah, ruin, could ruin the integrity. Yeah. You keep that on the outside a little bit. You have a, just a little bit of jardinera in there for the beef and then a layer of cheese. Okay. Just melted nacho, like cheese fried cheese? Uh, or do you want like shredded mozzarella? I want shredded mozzarella and I'm debate. I'd probably put some fries on top of it then. Well, yeah, for texture. Yes, that'd be like the little tortilla strips they put on a salad. Exactly to make it palatable. Yeah, so that <laughs> would be mine. All right, yours is much more creative than mine. It's still props. I mean, would eat. <laughs> you know, would eat. Actually, this this first one that I have from uh, my buddy Clint is along the same lines. Build your perfect nachos. Oh, all right. Do you have yours ready? Because I need to. Uh, I'm gonna get my more blueprints out. Yours is going to probably be more creative than mine for this. All right. Because my as much as I love, like, anytime I can really, like, melt, like, chihuahua cheese on something, I'm going to go a little different angle here. I'm going to go more of a barbecue nacho route Same. where instead of pulled pork, though, I want brisket. Just Ooh. give me some, like, sliced or, you know, like, smaller pieces, like, bite-sized pieces of brisket. Give me, I don't know hmm, which barbecue sauce would I want. Maybe give me the, huh, I haven't thought about which type of barbecue sauce I want. Maybe I'll just go basic so that it'll be play for most people and just like a sweet baby Ray's. Yeah, that's good. I, that's That might be a little thick for nachos. That's true. You might want a little bit of a thinner sauce. Okay. You well, know what then, I then have found? For me, I'm going to go then with the, I, I just tried it, so it's maybe top of mind, but it's actually a very good sauce. Oh, what It's... The, Tupelo, and I forget what the second word is. It's like a, a thinner, hot-ish barbecue sauce at Mission Barbecue. Okay. That tried Joe Thomas, who's a follower of the podcast. He follows us on Twitter. He should come on sometime. At I'm Fat Pod. He should come on sometime. We can talk about Mission Barbecue some more. Yep. He can so, send us some food. We can eat it. Yes. So if you ever have are able to go to a Mission Barbecue, I believe there's two in the Chicagoland area. Downers Grove. It's like right at Finley and Butterfield Road. And then the other one, I believe, is in Skokie. Okay. So if you get an opportunity, go to Mission Barbecue. The jalapeno cheddar sausage is fantastic. Oh, that sounds good. So make sure to get that. But I would uh, have the brisket. I would have that. I would have onion rings or like the, or more like onion straws. It would probably be sure. onion straws would work better. Just essentially things that would be on like a barbecue burger, put it on nachos, and I would be a happy person. Okay. I like that. Now, you and I are, by the way, uh, as far as like replacement level store-bought inexpensive barbecue sauces go, you ever tried Stubbs? It's got an old wise yeah. black man on the label. It's like kind I of don't a gray... think I've tried. I've definitely seen it in the stores. I just don't think I've tried it. It's just a really good like base level barbecue sauce. Like mm-hmm. if you're making something with barbecue sauce, yeah. it's spicy enough. It's sweet enough. It's like a really perfect like middle ground will satisfy everybody barbecue sauce and sweet baby race is great but it's almost like that's almost like a ketchup consistency yeah i need my bar and i like it it's great for like dipping tenders or whatever yes but i need a thinner for barbecue purposes yeah yeah. all right so here's mine uh first of all we talked about chucks they have barbecue nachos there and this is pretty much what it is they deep fry their chips yeah so they're nice and thick but they're fried then it's barbecue pulled pork Mm-hmm. I'll get spicy barbecue sauce because okay. it's for me. Jalapenos. Mm-hmm. I want the sort of cheese. I don't want nacho cheese. I don't no. want wet liquid cheese. I no. want the sort of cheese that gets baked on yes. and then stuck mm-hmm. to the chip. 
Exactly. Okay, so I had to actually work at it. Yes. And take pieces. So if I wanted to, I could break a little and, piece and of cheese off. And that's why it's clutch to have the thicker chip. Because normally, right. if it's just like chips and salsa, I'm down for a thinner chip. But yeah. in this scenario, you want the thicker chip. You need thick chips for sure. Uh, so that sort of cheese, it could be Chihuahua, whatever they choose to use, just not yellow nacho cheese or I guess queso would be maybe acceptable, but mm-hmm. not in my case. I want pico, not salsa. Okay. So I want like chunkier chunks sure. of vegetables, not as wet, not as dominant. I would do a little dollop of queso or yeah. um, not queso, guac. Uh, okay. Just to, you know, so I could have yeah. a little bit if I wanted it. Sure. And then making, like I said, making sure the barbecue sauce is spicy. That That's to me ideal. I don't, I don't need much. And I think... I like your brisket idea, and it fascinates me. And next time I go to Chuck's, I'm going to say, give me brisket instead of pulled pork. But I just think the consistency of pulled pork yeah. lends itself perfectly to nachos. A hundred percent. That's why I think with brisket, you have to, like, in my scenario, you have to say it's got to be, like, cubed or sliced. You know, like it's got to be sliced pretty small. Because I don't want a big chunk on one piece of, you know, one piece or one chip. Like, I, I don't want that. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree with that. All right. My next one comes from Christine. She says, Nostalgia Edition. What's the best food made by a friend or family member who's passed or is no longer able to cook? Has anyone tried to recreate it? Were they successful? My grandma used to make fried chicken. Mm -hmm. She'd put it in the oven with every piece of chicken, had a square, like a pancake square of butter. Yeah. And then she would put onions on top while she baked it. Then once they were all baked, she'd put them in like a catering pan so they would sit in there with the onions and the butter, and it was amazing. What we found out later in life mm-hmm. was that <laughs> she had told everybody she was making the chicken from scratch, but she was actually going to KFC and buying frozen chicken. Oh, like a, she would buy like a like a big thing yeah. of you know frozen uh, or whatever, pre not cooked yet fried chicken. They would just sell it to her back then. Interesting. They would never do that now. No, because back then it was actually. That's probably as processed as it is now. Right. But that's what you would do, and it was amazing. And we've tried to recreate it, and there's something missing. Mm-hmm. It's still really good, but there's something missing that none of us, she probably never told anybody. Yeah. It's probably not in the recipe. It's something she probably knew, and we cannot figure out what's missing. And it's been, huh. you know, 30 years since we've had it from her because she died a long time ago. Yeah. So we can't, like, go taste it and figure out what it is. It's just we know something is different and something's missing. The thing that my family is known for is the twice-baked potatoes. Oh, I love those. I don't know if my grandma started that or my aunt did. Hmm. Uh, my aunt is still with us. My grandma is not. So for the sake of this question, I'm going to say my grandma did. <laughs> and my aunt does a very good job. My mom does a pretty solid job of recreating it. I don't know what the difference is, like what what's special about it. I think it might be more of a timing thing than an actual like different ingredient, but it's like consistency and and that type of thing where they really just nail it. So that's what our family is is really good with. Also... Did my grandma do the really good apple slices? Oh yeah, like like that's that. I mean, it's fairly straightforward, but man, good apple slices are are tough to beat. Well, and this reminds me too. Hope's grandmother, who is ninety seven, still rolling, kicking ass, taking mm-hmm. names, makes the best spaghetti, and she just does it like a traditional style. Like no one does it anymore. Yeah, you know, she uses like the neck bone. Okay, the, like she does it the old school way, sure. and it is. It's not fancy. There's nothing mm-hmm. complicated about it, but she doesn't take any shortcuts. Nice. And it totally shows, and it's my favorite when she makes it. Okay, my next question comes from James. Grade Connor McKnight's performance 
on the pizza eating challenge. F minus. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I get what he was saying about the salt. And we ate, they made a couple extra pizzas, and you and I tried them. And for whatever reason, I, I mean, don't know if it's the ovens here. It just didn't taste as good yeah, as it, it usually does. Yeah, it also wasn't hot. It was, like, lukewarm, yeah, which lukewarm be... pizzas, not great. It's either got to be hot or it's got to be have Re- spent the night in the fridge. Yeah, refrigerator cold. Yeah. Um, that said, he started well, and mm-hmm. I actually said to him, like, you're going too fast. He had six pieces before the first break was over. Yeah. But then started running out of steam, and again, he blames it more on the salt than anything, which I buy. I think that's accurate, but to only finish, I don't even think he finished one and a half, right? No, he he got close. He got he almost got to the third one. Okay, so he all right to whiteboard yeah. it for for people that maybe don't listen to Bernstein and McKnight, but listen to our podcast. For one thing, thank you. Uh, for another thing, Connor McKnight said he could eat three Jack's pizzas over the course of a show. Yeah. Now our boss said no eating in the studio, which understandable. So Connor in the in the breaks, which are between like five and six minutes, essentially more often than not, he would try to eat as many slices as he could. He said he could eat three Supreme Jack's pizzas in that time and didn't get to the third one. Yeah. Now, I know, look, in the course of a day, it's it's not as challenging. Like no. If you're sitting around the house watching football and you made one, and you're like, ah, I could have another one. You make another one. Ah, right. All right, I get it. When you're not competing, it's probably easier to do. Well, also when you're not five minutes on, 15 minutes off. Right. Five minutes on, you know, six minutes on, uh, or six, yeah, six minutes on, and then like 50, or like 20 minutes off. Like that's kind of what he was dealing with too. So yeah. that's the only reason I give him a passing grade at all. Yeah. It was pretty bad though. It, I'm give oh, that's a D. Don't get me wrong. That's yeah. that's not great to not even I mean, you know, if you get like sixty percent of it done, that's a D. That's true. That's pretty much that's, what he did. That's what every teacher ever told me. <laughs> that's true. All right. This one comes from Kyle. He says the top five foods that were surprisingly not good fried. I'm not gonna have five. Five? He says, I don't care for deep fried mushrooms, broccoli, cauliflower, Oreos, or candy bars. Well, except for those last two I understand the concept of trying to fry things that are not great. Yeah. But eh. I don't like, I, I never had fried broccoli. Have you ever had fried bro- broccoli? No. I've never even seen that offered. A fried cauliflower I've had and I don't love. Okay. I don't think it, Yeah, I'm not the a, taste of cauliflower like kind of comes out too much. Yeah, agreed. Um, Which I, I don't mind cauliflower, but I do not like it fried. Mm-hmm. Um, But fried Oreos. I had some this summer, and they are amazing. I don't know how you couldn't like them. Yeah, that's on you. Yeah, that's a you problem, Kyle. We're not friends anymore. trying to think if I've had anything fried that I truly didn't like outside of... Fried zucchini can be a little wet. Yeah, that's true. I've had good and I've had bad. And it's also like inferno hot. Yes, it is. Like once you remove the vegetable from the Mm -hmm. pouch of friedness, it's really, really scalding hot. Yeah, when you remove it from the good part. (laughs) Yeah, it it could be problematic. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't think I can think of anything that was uh, made worse by frying. All right. Now, this question's from someone that gets the show. This is from Justin. Which pizza chain has the best dessert? Hmm. (laughs) Wow. That's a really good question. Who has the... uh, It's like I almost never do that. But who's got the um, the cookie pizza? That's, uh, I believe that is Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's the winner. Yeah, it is. I've gotten it. Yeah. And it sucks because it gives you enough of the, it's not just like there, it's not just like a limp cookie. It's got the crust on it a bit and it's a cookie 
And yeah. it goes along with you liking the cookie cake. It's kind of along the same lines. Oh, I love that. It's my favorite thing. I know. My favorite dessert, cookie cake. That's like for my birthday, everybody knows that's what to get me. Yeah. It just delights me. By the way, I had, for the first time in my life, a bad chocolate chip cookie. How? Subway. Really? The cookie. I, I don't mind. I, I'm normally fine with their well, chocolate chip cookies. I don't know if it's maybe it's because it's the Pedway Subway. Yeah. And everything's very compressed. When I took a bite of that cookie, it had the taste of all the breads in it. So like oh. the Italian, or it was like so many. Like urban cheese? Yeah, it was weird. Ew. Like, it, you know, like you walk into a Walmart, it's got a Subway. Yeah. And you just want to gag. Yes. It's just, it's not a good smell. Right. This cookie tasted like it had absorbed all those that's, flavors. Uh, no. Like, you know, when you have something from your freezer that's been in there too long, yeah. like the freezer burn taste. Yep. It's a similar taste. Ew. I did not finish the cookie. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is flat out bad. Interesting. And it looked good. It looked tasty, but I couldn't do it. Sorry. All right. Uh, this one from Marcus, and I'm going to lead you in a direction to sing praises of this device. Are air fryers acceptable? Yes. I know you have one. Yes. Please sing the praises of an air fryer and convince me to buy one. Um, <laughs> they are great because for simpletons like myself that can barely cook a thing, I can use it with ease. Yeah. You can load them up with a lot because, like, the so I assume most of them are the same way. Ours is almost like a kind of an egg shape. So you just take out the tray or whatever that it just looks like what you would put into the fryer almost. It's like it's a little bit deeper than it is in terms of just actual size. So you're going to have stuff like piled on top of itself. But as long as you every few minutes, like my main thought with this is with pizza rolls, like I can put 25 of them in there and it's just fine. Because, you know, for me, that's a serving. Yes. And then it just you cook them for like, I think I did it for like eight or nine minutes. And then like every two minutes, I'll just move them around, make sure that they're rotating. That's really all you have to do. That sounds pretty easy. And it it very crisp. Gets everything crisp. And, do you have and, the lava slash ice bite of a pizza roll like you get when you put it in the oven sometimes? Um, I've just had consistency, actually. Okay. So I really like it because... If you don't want to use the oven, like, you know, sometimes you just yeah. turn the oven on. It just gets your hot. If your place is small enough, it just gets it too hot. Right. And it takes forever. Yeah. So, like, this is eight or nine minutes and it's done. All right. Very simple. Damn it. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I don't know. I honestly have no clue how much they cost, but probably worth it. Okay. We have the Instant Pot, which is tremendous. Love the Instant Pot. We made, um, what did we make the other day? Oh, homemade soup. So we went to Aurelio's mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks. We actually went last night, too. But we went a couple weeks ago, and they had ravioli chicken noodle soup. Oh. Yeah. It was terrific. Like, really good, like, soup stock. And yeah. then little tiny, tiny chicken raviolis in mm-hmm. there. So we tried to recreate that at home and did a great job. And the Instant Pot makes everything so fast. You should yeah. look into those. They're okay. awesome. It's like a glorified slow cooker, but it can blow up your house, just so you know. All right. Is this one bad? comes from Mary. She says, uh, traveling out of O'Hare Midway can be an SOB. What are your favorite spots to hit up at the terminals? Me, I'll be hitting up Harry Carey's, Manny's, or Miller's Pub before I buy an overly priced book at Hudson's while walking to my gate. Nice. I am a always a McDonald's airport guy. Okay. But I know one of the Chicago airports, I think it's Midway, has a Rick Bayless Mexican place in there. Really? So when I'm at that, and I always forget which one it is, but I can... it's got to be Midway because it's in that common area. Okay. Like right after you check in. Yeah. Um, I'll get that. I'll make an exception and go there. I very rarely fly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I'm poor, so I don't go anywhere. So, uh, uh, yeah. Real. But Miller's Pub, Miller's is good. Yes, it is. 
So I always recommend Miller's. The Big Red, their spicy chicken sandwich, very good. Good to know. All right. Very Next time good. I travel, I will make note of that. Yes. That's All exciting right. for me. Okay. Let's see. From the Tank, can a normie call themselves fat? Well, like we've said from day one, it's a mindset. I mean, I, I always go back to Cy Strezzo, who used to be a producer here. Yeah. And he would have a breaded steak sandwich from Freddy's every day of the week. Which is insane. And he was not a fat person. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, his heart is going to stop very soon. <laughs> and if he called himself fat, I would probably accept it. See, I don't like I, when when girl like, and men do it too. Mm-hmm. But like women are like, oh, it looks so fat. It's like, no, you don't. You're hot. You're not yeah. fat at all. Right. Don't stop saying, like, people say it to, like, draw attention to themselves. Yeah. I say it to disarm people. Yeah, e- like, exactly. I say I'm fat before you say it to me. Yep. <laughs> 100%. And and that actually leads into, I can pair this with another question that I got from Mike. What phrases do you use to describe your weight? Because a lot of normies feel uncomfortable when you call yourself fat. Husky. That's what the clothes I used to buy said. Um, I think I called myself a fire plug earlier in the episode. Didn't yeah, I? you did. Yes. <laughs> Stocky. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to just use, like, it's more insults to myself than anything. Fat bastard. <laughs> uh, I always like to, when I'm in a room with a lot of people, I always call myself a median. <laughs> because I always feel like everybody's just, like, having to avoid me and work around me, which I know is so much more in my head than it yeah. is anybody else's. That's called spotlighting. Google yeah. it. Yep. Well, that's, I am great <laughs> at it. So, that, uh, I normally just call myself fat. I'm a big guy. You know, like, yeah, I, this is a, a good. Here's a good example. I have to do this like when we have guests in studio. I use more square footage. Yeah. When we have guests visiting us in studio that don't know me, mm-hmm. I say, I'm coming downstairs. I'm a big guy with a red beard. Yeah. And they always find me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an accurate description. Although West Loop Tom finds you everywhere. He do- I am everywhere, according to West Loop Tom. Yeah. I, we finally. Had a Rick Camp sighting at the Bears game. Oh boy, that was really <laughs> bad, too. That was such a bad one. That was like three of you, by the way. That was a lot. And they're all, anytime someone sees a comic version of yourself, yeah. it's a exaggeration of what you actually look like. It's just, I was like, finally, not yeah. me. Yeah, but yeah, so I I use those types of terms just kind of because... It's different than just saying fat, and it's also a little more fun. Yeah. If I'm going to make fun of myself, I want to be creative about it. All right. How many more questions do you have? Uh, Let me see. If I cross off that, it would help to open the pen so I can actually cross those off. One of those I definitely want to save. All right. I've got a, I have one more, and it's really good. Let's do one more piece. All right. So here, this is from Mark. Now pay attention because I've not sprung this on you ahead of time. Okay. Survivor, fast food edition, and you must choose which you murder. Which one you get your last meal from and which you keep for, for life. Murder, okay, so murder, life, life, last meal. Last meal. Okay, so here we're going to go first with the standards. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. Which one are you murdering? Which one are you having your last meal from and which are you keeping for life? I'm keeping Wendy's for life. Okay. I am, see, I'm just not as much of a McDonald's person. If it's only one, if I only have to have it once, I think I'm going to go Burger King and get because they have so you can get so many nuggets for no for no money. That's true. And then I'll murder McDonald's. All right, I'm murdering Burger King. Okay, because it's only I only get it when I'm desperate, and yeah. I like it, but it's just I'm not. A, I usually get chicken, not burgers. Okay. Uh, for life, McDonald's, just because I'm a McDonald's stan, love mm-hmm. it. Obviously, look at me. And my last meal will be Wendy's because I think their fast food burgers are the best. 
Yes. As far as like the chains go. 100%. Okay. Next brand, the okay. Off Standards. Okay. Hardy's, White Castle, and Rally's slash Sonic. Or uh, checkers. Uh, checkers, yeah. See, I've only had Hardy's once or twice. I've a- never had Hardy's. I've never had Rally slash Checkers. Okay, it's good. The burgers are good. They've yeah. got the Cajun fries. We may have to skip this one. Yeah, I was wasted when I had Hardy's. And I got, I ordered six biscuits, which is an asinine order. Even if you know how big biscuits are, they were, they're large biscuits. So I looked like a moron eating tr- those, but I was just too drunk to care. I'm trying to replace these two, but I can't. Let's skip it then. All right, we'll skip this one. Yeah. But White Castle for life. Yes. My daughter's favorite. Just had it with her this weekend. The Oddities. Okay. Arby's Taco Bell Sonic. Arby's Taco Bell Sonic. Uh, you can murder Sonic. Correct. You will. Oh man, now it's tough. This is I tough. Think, I think I'm going to keep Taco I, Bell for I, life because when I'm yeah. poor and I'm down to my last dollars, I can get a meal at Taco Bell. That's true. And then the my thing, last meal is Arby's. Yeah, the the only thing that gives Arby's a little bit of an advantage is the you're not getting the same six ingredients every time. True. But yeah, Taco Bell's really good. Yeah, screw it. Taco Bell for life. Last meal is Arby's. I also have the vision of being like last meal is something you should be able to gorge yourself on. Yeah. And I can do that at Arby's. Curly Let's fries. Like 10 ham and cheese sandwiches and curly fries. Curly fries, shake. Their mozzarella sticks are good because, of course. Okay. Now the locals. Okay. Portillo's, mm-hmm. Harold's, okay. or Brown's. <laughs> it, is it too fitting to say murder Brown's? Uh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. But that's the right answer. Yeah. Murder Brown's. Um, you got a life Portillo. Yeah, you have to life Portillo. And last is Harold's. That was yeah. actually pretty easy. Yeah, that one is easy. I thought that was gonna be tougher, but yeah, I like those. That's a really. I like the idea. Yeah, that I concept. Like Mark's head is at. Yeah, those those concepts. Send those to us at I'm Fat Pod for your versions of that because I'm here for those. Those are great. Rallies slash checkers is really good. I'll give you advice. Is it like? Is it closer to like a steak and shake type thing? No. No. It's it's its own thing. It's a fast food burger. Yeah. It's not special. Okay, but it's. I think it's. If I had to guess, I th- I would think it's more prepared like Burger King than McDonald's. Like it has like a grilled flavor to it. Mm-hmm. They've got those like super crispy Cajun style, almost like Five Guys mm-hmm. French fries. Okay, so they're really good. But I'll tell you, if you want a triple cheeseburger plain with mustard, order a double cheeseburger, no mustard, everything else. Because they will always screw up your order. <laughs> it's like inevitable. <laughs> it's inevitable. Like they're always going to get your order. I think it's like part of the bit. Yeah, is they get your order wrong every time. I've had the same experience. And people on the south side, when I say this, you're going to laugh. Burrito Station on 111th in California. It's excellent. It is like the best drunk burrito I've ever had. Yeah, but they always screw it up. Always. You just have to know. Give yourself extra time because yeah. you're going to order. You're going to wait. Then you're going to bring your order back to get it corrected. Okay. But once you get it, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what made me think of this. Did you see Ed DeBevix is going to open back up? Eh. I have, like, no feel for that. Like, I've been there a few times, I and went, it's, like, fun, and they call you a dick and stuff. But, yeah. like, I have no memory of the food. Yeah, I have no memory of the food. Well, no, I went to Dick's Last Resort when that was out there. I mean, same type of place. Is it? Yeah. They insult you, and you get food, and you okay. mostly remember <laughs> them insulting you and giving you butcher paper hats. And- I just know Ranji worked there. Boy, that's perfect. Yeah. That really is perfect because the people <laughs> that work there are jerks. Don't they put like panties on the wall and stuff? And Yeah. they they So like when I went there, and I mind you, this was with like high school people. So, yeah. you know, they probably tamed some of it down a little bit. But uh, everybody got, 
it was like a band trip, I think. So they were like, everybody got a butcher paper hat with a different insult on it. And we love that our um, our band director said, I heart farm animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was Fair enough. That was something. I just, you know, I object to um, panties hanging over my food. Yeah. Like if I wanted crabs, I would order them. <laughs> what? What did I do? <laughs> So oh, the last I, question. I just a big <laughs> so the last <laughs> idiot. All right, sorry. I keep derailing us with my old man hacking laugh. That's great. All right, last questions from Zach. Are there any foods you avoid eating in public? I don't. Do you well, wanna... I've talked about my fried chicken thing. Yeah, like where I don't eat chicken on the bone. Right. In public, and I, I'll, I'll do. I'll make an exception for wings, but like for a piece of chicken, yeah, I will. That's mine. I don't know I why. Would, I don't want to eat that in public. I, it's weird. I don't know why I'm like that. Yeah, I think it's because it's a lot of work and a lot of contorting, and it's also you know. viewed as like the least healthy thing on earth. And oh, I know. By the way, there's a show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious that David Chang hosts, and this will get a little serious, but whatever. And they give you like kind of the history of foods, and then they make them, and they're wonderful. Yeah. The episode about fried chicken was fascinating, and as a white dude, I never considered... I mean, I know about the racial history of it, sure. and how it's used as an insult and used as derogatory. Yeah, like the Jerry Rice commercial. Yeah. That was extremely problematic. But David Chang went into uh, an African-American community and talked to people about it, mm-hmm. and a lot of African-Americans will just not eat fried chicken yeah. in, where people can see them. Yeah, because of the connotation. Of the, yeah. Same with uh, I know I know some people that won't eat watermelon in yeah. public. I, you know, it's funny. Like these are the things that you don't, as a white person, you don't think of, right? Because <laughs> we don't have to. Because right, we don't have to deal with. We're that not systemically type of thing. oppressed. Yeah, not to get too political, but but really, like th- I I can't imagine that where someone goes in a restaurant like I'm not ordering that because people right. are people are going to see me eating that and then associate me with this exactly. horrible horrible history. Yep. Uh, and they were showing, so the woman he was talking to had this binder of, like, old ads mm-hmm. for, like, fried chicken and for oh, batter. Boy. And it was like, oh, my God. Horrible stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like panties hanging over my food <laughs> because if I wanted crabs, I wouldn't order them. <laughs> I'm sorry. It got too serious and note. heavy and I had to wrap that, it up. That's, a, it's a, that's such a good line. All right. Uh <laughs> Send us your versions of the the murder life last meal. I think that's a great concept that we should do more. Yeah, we got to do like local, like art yeah. of pizza. You know, we so, yeah. someone will come up with a cool way to do it. But yeah, yeah, we we need more of those. So send those to us at I'm Fat Pod. Always feel free to to use that. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, send us your stories of layering or dealing with going from the cold to the heat and all that and all that stuff and trying to avoid the sweating as much as possible. Uh, he's Jay. I'm Rick. And this is the I'm Fat Podcast. All right. I think we got a lot accomplished here today. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because Geico gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail biter. Nope. The Geico team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. Geico is awesome, baby, with a capital A. Geico. Great service without all the drama. 
Dear home, we need a change. A room evolution. We need HomeSense. A new store where one bold piece can change your whole place. Like a leather sofa built for beauty and binge watching. With endless discoveries, I'll always bring you something pretty or cool or pretty cool. Want a hand-woven rug? Game-changing savings mean the answer is yes. I'm going now. The new store is in Franconia at Manchester Boulevard and Beulah Street. Love you. HomeSense. This changes everything. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.